You remember your stories with the kind of detail no one else has. Don't take them with you when you go, share them. I'm Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser. Click follow to hear true stories worth remembering and send me a message if you have a story you'd like to tell. This month, social worker and author Jen Renee Owens is sharing how God gave her a dream, it came true, and she went from being a sad girl to getting a new name. Yeah, so it was amazing. How did I mean, it feel when you stepped off the plane? Were you were you stepping off the plane next to the big, tall, handsome guy, or was that God that was in your dream? I, I want to know who this was. That might have been. You know, what's weird is that vision. I believe in visions, and yeah. I believe God gives them to us, and they do come true exactly like he intended. Um, I think sometimes um, we get in the way of the vision, and sometimes it doesn't manifest. Um, so in this particular vision, no, I was the only one that got off that plane, um, and I went for the first time. But I believe I'm going back, and I believe that that was the second vision that I saw in my dream. But the the cool thing about it was when I landed in South Africa, the very first person I saw was Bishop, Bishop Desmond Tutu, and I I literally like I was starstruck. I, I didn't know what to say to him. He he I mean like my friend Carabo brought me over and he goes, Look, look <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, yes. And so I just go over and shake his hand and I don't know what else to say, but I'm just i I'm just standing there like, Oh my God, this has to be a dream. So it literally was a dream and I think it had to be of that magnitude where it was like, yeah, this is God, totally. Um, but I knew it when I was standing in LaGuardia Airport and I was about to get on. And it was like, oh, my God, this is really happening. Oh, my God. Like, Lord. And I remember saying to him, Lord, you, if there's ever anything else that you want me to do, hey, I am down. <laughs> yes, so. And you've actually done quite a bit since then. So obviously you've kept your word. <laughs> when you were in South Africa, you mm-hmm. traveled a little bit and mm-hmm. um, you got to, to share the the vision that God had given you. The, um, the I guess, tell me a little bit about that. What yeah. was it that he to share? Um, so, um, before I got there, he really prepared me. And I think that's what those six months were about too. Um, cause I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to share? And Carabo gave me a good idea of what he did as a ministry there. He was with Catch the Vision Global Mission. Um, and so it was like a mission trip and he had set up different places for me to go. I did go, uh, to a foster care, um, home for children, um, I got to sit and pray with them and, and talk to some of the social workers, find out some of the things that they needed and um, tried to give them some information about how to help kids because I was working as a school social worker. And so um, it was very much centered around my career. I mean, I went to schools and talked to kids. Um, uh, the topic was about um, living your dreams and fulfilling them. Um, and I was ready. I had a prepared speech, um, you know, so um and it was, I, I think what was so pivotal for me was just to see the eagerness in their eyes and in their spirits and um, to see the hope and the courage that they had. A lot of them um, were dealing and struggling with suicide. And so 
um, it was very prevalent at that time. And there was a lot of uh, different things going on with sexual assaults and stuff uh, with people. And so um, I, I just really remember feeling the burden of poverty and all the other things. I went to shanty towns and got to see how they live. And um, it, a lot of it was just fully emotional. Uh, so I was overcome with emotion, not just from being in, in Africa alone, but finding out a lot about who I am and the people explaining to me and talking to me about being African. And it felt like I, you know, I felt like my whole body just re get relieved because I had come into contact with the other side of myself. All I knew was American. And so African became real for me and I was able to identify, oh my God, so this is who I am. <laughs> and I was so proud. <laughs> I mean, overcome with emotion. I would start crying um, at different episodes throughout the day. For no reason, just because somebody came and said hello <laughs> and the women, they would greet you and, and like they didn't, you know, push it on me. But I would see the women greet and kiss each other, like kiss each other on, on their lips. And I was like, wow, that's a cool friend. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but it was just. But that's about as far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But to, to see that that's the kind of intimacy that the women in Africa had with one another in South Africa, that really just flipped me out. And I was like, you know, I got to bring this intimacy back. Um, there were several other ways and it wasn't so much the kissing, but it was just the fact that you know, these women are close. They hang tight, you know. Um, and what can I do um, to bring that sense of um, intimacy and enjoyment and bonding um, that they have with one another? Because they bonded with me instantly. I wanted to bring all of that back to America. One Moment Wiser will be right back. Well, and they they teach each other and learn from each other and hold mm -hmm. each other up. I mean, yeah. like you said, you're looking at extreme poverty. You're talking to kids who've been sexually assaulted or who are thinking mm -hmm. of suicide. All of this, um, boy, it's so much easier to handle when you're in community with people, when you mm -hmm. can distract each other sometimes, when you can help each other sometimes, when you can just be there. Yeah. And, so you actually wanted to carry that back here and tell yeah. me about how you have done that. Well, um, so I didn't really do that. <laughs> he did. Whatever. Yeah, God definitely has. I was just a willing vessel. <laughs> and so as a vessel, um, I basically, you know, it was things throughout the trip, I think that touched my heart. And one of them was, you know, uh, going through Senegal and seeing the women in their royal robes and their turbans. And it was so many of them. Like we had a layover before we got to South Africa. And uh, a lot of the women just looked so regal. And they, it was like a ton of them that came on the plane going to South Africa. And I was like, where are you guys going? And they were like, we're going to a conference in South Africa. And they were just beautiful. And I was just in awe. I was like, oh, my God, this is fully a dream, you know. So I was really overcome with just like, so what are you going to do? And asking all kinds of questions and teaching and they were going to share and they had ideas about um, self-care and all kinds of things. And I was like, wow, this is awesome, you know. And so I don't know. It was just the 
the uh, all the relationships that I had were positive. Not some of them were not so like, but it, those were even even worth mentioning. But most of the ones that I had were positive, and it was just great um, to see that um, these people in Africa they have vision, right? And like when they have vision, they undertake things and they make it happen. And so I was like, yes, you know, this is what I'm gonna do. So I got back. Um, on American soil. And I remember uh, walking back into my depressive life and I'm standing near in the kitchen. Oh, oh, but so I'm sorry, my African name. Can't tell that story until I tell you my African name. I, I One of the highlights of South Africa was being named Ntambi Singh. And Ntambi Singh means make me happy. Uh, that actually floored me because I was not in a happy state before I left America. And so when I got to Africa, I totally and completely felt happy. And so that was the perfect name. A 17-year-old girl named Ama gave me that name. And when I got back home, I was like, okay. So I'm standing there um, with this huge pot about to cook and make dinner. I look at myself in my reflection in the bottom of the pot and I see I am not happy. Wait a minute. This is not in Tabby's name. And so uh, they had called me that name every single day since they had named me. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not in Tabby's name. So I immediately said, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this life. And I chose to uh, get out of that relationship and um, and move on and live my life as in Toppy Singh. So, yeah. Wow. That's a hard <laughs> decision, but boy, I tell you what, when you discover, um, when you discover who you really are and mm -hmm. how you can be, mm -hmm. there's not really any going back. Mm -mm. And, and there were, there were issues in that relationship that weren't weren't healthy at all. When well, you... I wasn't healthy. And I think that's the main thing that if I'm not healthy, then the relationship is not healthy. And so I could not commit if I wasn't healthy. And if I was not growing and being healthy, healthy in that relationship, and I didn't see progress of that, I couldn't do it anymore. So it had to stop. And you, you began um, learning how to build your own your own health, learning mm -hmm. how to, I mean, all these years you had been doing social work, you had been helping other people talk through mm -hmm. their issues and find resources. And yeah. you began needing to do that for yourself. Yeah. And so I think, you know, being that I was in such a depressive state um, and coming back, like you said, what made me, you know, want to do things. Well, there were several things that happened before I even got to Tulsa and I started doing things like mentor my sister or really building um, a, a community based kind of group um, where women got together and came together and did wonderful things for each other. And as leaders and mentors and supporters and encouragers, um, I had like several steps that I took. I mean, I left Syracuse and I went to a girlfriend community in Maryland where a bunch of women just took care of me after the women in Africa taking care of me. And I was like, oh my God. And they literally took care of me because my finances, I just different things in my life started going awkward it seemed before I got 
translated over to Tulsa, Oklahoma and Texas. And, but I had all of, in every community, I had a girlfriend community and I thought about how special those communities were. And I kept saying, wow, I have to keep these kind of communities and hold on to them and build them even so that women can thrive in them. And I don't think I could say it often or loud enough that we need a community of people besides our mate, besides our, mm-hmm. you know, whatever kind of, of intimate relationship we're in, we yeah. have to have, uh, whether you're male or you're female, those communities are going to look different, but you need it. That makes yeah. us healthier in the long term. And, and you have to nurture those relationships when you don't need them. Right. right. You you yeah. have to go out of your way sometimes. Sometimes you they're do. inconvenient. Yeah. But the benefits are are life saving sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I, I remember I had a pastor whose mom was oh, 92 years old and she couldn't get out of the house and drive anymore. She couldn't do a lot of things. But she had a list of people she called every day just to make sure they were still OK. And mm-hmm. because of that. A lady's life was saved who had fallen down and couldn't get to the phone. And um, my pastor's mom, you know, when she called, she didn't answer. She got a hold of the lady's kids and, and her life was mm. saved. So you never know how that wow. community is going to help save you. <laughs> <laughs> I love mentor my sister because oh, the conversations God. that we have, and, and you set this up on a virtual, you know, we can go on and, and, send a video to each other and mm-hmm. watch each other's videos at any time because we all have mm-hmm. busy lives. But mm-hmm. the conversations we end up having are so neat. I mean, just they stimulate my mind. They stimulate they're relevant. my heart. And they're, mm-hmm. yeah, very relevant. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out onemomentwiser.com for books, blogs, and two-minute devotional videos, which will help you live wisely in every aspect of life. See you next time on One Moment Wiser.